Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right, guys. Well, we're coming off a conversation about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And one of the things that Bobby Sloak's done a really good job is molding his offense to fit the rookie quarterback. That's why he's excelled as much as any rookie quarterback has in the last decade or so of the NFL. And Friday, we had a Panthers beat reporter for The Athletic, Joe Personal. If you can get that interview on our podcast, Apple and Spotify. And he said that no matter who the Panthers hired as head coach or offensive coordinator, they too got to mold their offense around Bryce Young. Whoever comes in is going to have to mold their system a little bit to, to Bryce's skill set and some of his some of his liabilities. Um, you know, the fact that at least under Frank Reich and, and, and then Thomas Brown, they they chose, you know, not to run Bryce other than, you know, off-platform scrambles. So, we haven't seen Ben Johnson as a play caller outside of just Detroit with Jared Goff, correct? Yes, that's correct. So uh, seeing what Bobby Slowick's done with a rookie uh, quarterback in C.J. Stroud, do you put more trust in him molding his offense around Bryce Young than maybe you do Ben Johnson? I don't think so. I think Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick and whoever is the offensive coordinator, anybody worth their salt, they understand that they got to tailor their offense to what Bryce Young does best. They got to figure out a way for him to be successful because maybe what you're doing with CJ Stroud might not work for Bryce Young. Maybe what you're doing with Jared Goff might not work for Bryce. And so I think both OCs understand that. I think Bobby Slowick is the guy that has the the most uh, experience, the most growth in his stock because they put up a million points with that young of a QB on what was a good defense this entire season. But I don't know if I necessarily think that because of what happened this weekend, Bobby Slowick's offense could be more tailored to Bryce than what Ben Johnson would do. I think each of these guys would assess who Bryce Young is and try to figure out what's best for him. Well, and I think, too, when you look at both offenses and the characteristics of the quarterbacks that lead them, the thing I love about C.J. Stroud is that, you know, he plays the quarterback position the way you want to play. And we know that, you know, with a lot of African-American quarterbacks, a lot of times running is the catalyst for the game that they have. But C.J. Stroud plays from the pocket first and foremost. And that's the type of quarterback I think Bryce Young is at his core. And, of course, we know Jared Goff is not going to outrun anybody. So I think when you talk about both of these quarterbacks, the types of quarterbacks that they coach are drop-back quarterbacks first. And I think that Bryce Young is in that same vein. That's why I think either one of their offenses will work with Bryce. We all have very different and same opinions of Panthers owner David Tepper. Last Thursday, Ian Rappaport, he joined the Dan Patrick show to say he doesn't see a problem with Dave Tepper as an owner. He's just a guy that, well, wants to win. You know, Panthers would certainly take some time that's a good job if you believe in the quarterback, I would say. What about the so, owner? To me, and this is just me, I don't really see an issue there, right? Like, to me, he is an owner who wants to win very badly, very, very badly, intensely badly. Now, that's separate from the thing that happened in the Jaguars game, throwing a drink. That was bad. That was bad. But I'm just saying, as an owner, you know, did he make a rash decision with Frank, Frank Reich? Like... 
I, I don't know. It was not working. It was real ugly. It was not working. Um, so I don't, to me, like you have an owner who's intensely committed to winning. That is okay, even if sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Wes, what do you make of a national reporter, a guy that is as plugged in as any insider in the National Football League, basically standing up and defending Dave Tepper when literally everybody else in the business, Schefter, Glazer, Peter Schrager, whoever, will go on that same platform and say, nah, this guy's a train wreck, a big reason why no one's interested in coaching the Carolina Panthers. Um, Well, I think at the end of the day, the crux of what he was trying to say is that, like, We've always said it's one of the 32 NFL head coaching jobs, and there's always going to be a coach with an ego that feels like that they can go in and handle any situation that's put in front of them. And yes, while Tepper's had some terrible antics, done a lot of uh, not so smart things as the owner of this franchise. One thing I would I would say as well is that the fact that the Panthers have been in on a lot of the trades for the big time guys, I feel like that. The move that was made to try and go get Bryce Young, it was an aggressive move because the Panthers felt like they were ready to win now and they just felt that they were quarterback away. And I think that Tepper certainly does want to win. It's just the way that he's going about it is all wrong. Yeah, a couple things on that. <laughs> you all right, Walker? Because I, <laughs> I saw that head. You, you gave a look like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first thing I'll say is... What comes with the territory of the job that both Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter possess is you got to be careful when you're criticizing some of the higher ups, because where do you think these guys get their information? There's a reason that they are the woges of the NFL world. You go to two spots to get the breaking news on national NFL news, right? It's Ian Rappaport who works for the NFL and Shefty. Okay. And there's Shefty who works for ESPN. Who's about to get in bed with the NFL according to this new deal. So take for that what you will. You're not going to hear those guys criticize a ton of the ownership that we That's see. A good point. Let's just take that into effect. The other thing is here, can I ask, is there anybody legitimately questioning David Tepper's desire to win? No. I mean, is that a criticism of him? It it can be celebrated. I like that David Tepper really wants to win very badly because it is true. We can have owners at the head of some of these other franchises that only care about profit and they don't do enough and they're cheap and they're not willing to spend money in order to help them win games. That's why I think David Tepper is valuable with how rich he is. And I do think that his desire to win is really valuable. Guys, we can focus on the stuff as to why Carolina has suffered during his entire own your ownership. Like, what have they done to the point where we can enjoy what David Tepper has done? Like what we can, people are trying to act like, oh, it's okay to say David Tepper is doing a good job as far as his desire to win. It's okay to say nice things about him. Yeah, I, I guess that's fine. Like we can celebrate his desire to win, but it's really all about him getting out of the way. Despite that desire to win, there are different ways to go about it. No, he's not cheap. That matters. Yes. He wants to put a product out there that can get some victories over the next few years. And he's willing to spend on it. All of that matters. The problem is when he meddles with the operation side of things, when he tours every QB pro day and heavily influences some of these decisions that some of these football evaluators might be making. It's great. I'm glad you want to win. Welcome to the absolute floor. The bar is on the floor. The owner wants to win. Fantastic. But you got to stay out of the way and make right decisions for 
some of these evaluators in order to help the team. Like, we can still criticize that. So when you say, oh, I don't see a problem with him, man, there are plenty of problems with David Tepper. Sure, we can celebrate some of that other stuff, but we can focus on the problems that have allowed this team to be among the worst in all sports in North America for the last six years. Go ahead, Finn. All right, Walker. I'm going to play a piece of a Hornet sound here. Just make sure we have time to get some Dallas audio because some people want to make fun of me. After the team losing to me, and we're a show that does what the people want. After the Hornets lost last night to the Heat in a game where they failed to score even 90 points, Steve Clifford said, we don't got enough guys on our roster that can make shots. Well, shot making, I, to be honest, there's nothing more important in basketball than shot making. I mean, if you look at all the best teams in our league, they have the most shot makers, you know. So in that light, you know, we're, you know, somewhat limited, actually, right? So we're, we're pretty reliant on two or three guys to do that so on the nights when they're not going as well it's definitely harder for us than it is for most teams walker you host a, a daily hornets podcast the bugs are now eight and 30 they got blown out by the spurs over the weekend mm -hmm. got beaten down last night by the heat on a night where they announced the statues coming for d wade that's right how you doing um it's tough not gonna lie to you <laughs> be a lollipop like I would love a lollipop. I would love for this to be my trip to the bank and get excited in the back seat of my mom's car when that sucker is dropped into whatever check my mom was trying to deposit. I would love for that to happen with this Hornet season, but I don't think we're going to get a lollipop, and I don't think we're going to get too many victories. Steve Clifford is right when he says they don't have a lot of shot makers. It's why he also said after this Miami game, they really need Brandon Miller back, and they really need Gordon Hayward back. We can hate on Gordon Hayward as much as we want to. The reason we do so is because he's always hurt. Yeah. But he's good when he's out there. He's certainly very uh, serviceable when he's healthy. Yeah, and Brandon Miller is already one of the best players on this roster, and he was from the word go. So those guys being out, and when they come back, you know that they're going to have to sacrifice somebody else because that's how it works. The game that somebody returns from injury, another important piece goes down with an injury. Like they and do sacrifices to get uh, playing time on this team. Uh, Doug calls it a soul for a soul. Yeah. I think that's some kind of uh, yeah. That's from yes, the Avengers. All right, soul for the a soul. Illuminati the Illuminati Hornet. Stone. That he got excited. He did, yeah. Oh, now we got him excited talking Hornets. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the shot makers, they're not there. They need guys back as much as they can. Uh, they wouldn't be in the play-in tournament if they had everybody healthy, in my opinion. They would be close, and they might be on the 10th seed or whatever, but yeah. when you have Nathan Mensah playing 20 minutes and guys that aren't ready, it's not their fault. It's just the way it is. Wes. Yeah, and it's just the inconsistencies from guys like, you know, you look at P.J. Washington, career lows and field goal percentage, three-point percentage, points per game, uh, all of those things, and those are some of the guys that they need to step up, uh, but he's had his fair share of injuries this season. But those are the type of guys that you want to step up when your big three isn't able to go or if they're not hitting their shots. And so Coach Clifford was right. And then I also saw uh, the quote from him, Wash, rinse, repeat, pretty much, when he talked about guys not playing defense when the shots aren't falling. How many times have we heard that about the Hornets? Before you get to your Dallas rant, I'm here for it. We'll have enough time, so go ahead and go into it comfortably. But I did want to say, we also heard a players-only meeting coming up for the Charlotte Hornets squad. Uh-oh. About time we got something. We throw chairs. There we go. It's about time. Let I me knew. get a little clap for that. I know. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, yeah. we're in there. It's about time they, they, they showed us something to show they give a damn. Terry Rozier said we're going to have a players-only meeting. And P.J. Washington also talking about how we need to get things on the right track defensively 
because nobody was making shots against Miami. They scored 31 points in the first half of that game. In it today's was, NBA. If it didn't right. get, if it doesn't get contentious and we don't hit a somebody right. almost got swung on, then it, it was a failure. All right, so Terry Rozier stepping up as the leader <laughs> with a players-only meeting. I thought you would like that. Last yeah. thing, Fitz. All right, the last piece of audio we're going to play is from America's quarterback, Dak Prescott, who addressed the media last mm-hmm. night and said – if you're having discussions about Mike McCarthy's future in Dallas, you need to have the same conversation about me. They are. He's been amazing. Um, I, I don't know how they can be, but I understand the business. Uh, in, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. Um, we, this team has had the success that they've had because of him. And... Uh, I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl, and and that that's the standard of the league, and damn sure the standard of this place. So um, I get it, but add me to the list in that case. I'll go on the record and say I don't want to do this. I was forced to do this, but we're going to the foul line. Oh, they'll okay. look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. Mm, let's go, baby. I want to see that again. <laughs> You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> Stanford P., I hope you enjoy. Dakota Rain Prescott, you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You're the quarterback of America's team, and you and I have had a complicated relationship because you replaced the quarterback that I loved, albeit just like you, a failure in the postseason. After you have arguably your best regular season in uh, the history of your career, you pull up a dud in the postseason. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, 403 meaningless yards, and a game that's going to get your head coach fired. And instead of getting behind that microphone and using your platform to invoke confidence in Jerry Jones, saying that you are the right man for the job, you are the right man to get us to an NFC title game for the first time in 20 years, let alone a damn Super Bowl, you say, well, if we're having conversations about Mike McCarthy not being here, then you have the same conversation about me. That's the problem. That's the mentality. That's the losing mentality that exists at the star, that exists within this franchise. I don't want to hear that crap, man. I want you to sit there, put your chest out, and say, I'm going to figure this bleep out or I'm going to die trying. Walker, you love him. <laughs> I do. You defend I really him. Do. I do. Yeah, this that's is true. the most I have ever loved Dak Prescott in a regular season. And he reminded me once again why I cannot love him in the <laughs> postseason. And while I'm at it, I took a shot uh, when I was when I went on Charlotte Sports today. You know, Mac and Bone are, are running promos about a Cowboys montage of Uh-oh. misery tomorrow. There are other cities in America. ESPN, they, they, you know, it was the best thing for them seeing the Cowboys lose yesterday in the playoffs. Unless you are the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Commanders, or the New York Football Giants, you shouldn't really give a damn that the that the Cowboys lost in the postseason. And if you're doing sports talk radio around the country and you're planning shows and segments making fun of Dallas losing in the playoffs – something they have done for 29 straight years, it's rather pathetic. Get something new. Get in the workshop. Get creative. It's old. It's tired. It'll never be as good as Stephen A. Smith anyway.